When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for having me, Joe. All right, Mike. So this is really exciting and awesome. We have a guest on the podcast, which we don't normally do. We didn't even know we were allowed to do it. Yeah, it didn't occur to us until year 28 of the podcast (laughs) that we were allowed to have guests. So it's very, it's always exciting when someone shows up. Uh, yeah, we're, we're always shocked about that. We have with us longtime umpire and an awesome guy, Dale Scott. Dale has a new book coming out called The Umpire is Out, Calling the Game and Living My True Self uh, that he wrote with our good friend Rob Nyer. And it is really fun, really all sorts of great stories, all sorts of great inside stuff. Obviously, him also talking about coming out uh, as gay uh, while he was umpiring, which was uh, he was the first to do that. Uh, so, Dale, first of all, welcome. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad to be here, guys. Thank you. I mean, you don't have very many guests and I'm on here. Come on. I'm, there you I, go. I, 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 so I've got to play Powerball now. Here we go. <laughs> it's a, it's fair to say that you are the most distinguished guests of all of the four guests we've had. <laughs> wow. So you really haven't had guests. on? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> we, don't, we don't. We we don't know how this works. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, we uh, we only learned very recently that pos, uh, podcasts in general can have guests. Right? And it was a huge relief because then we realized that we instead of yammering for three and a half hours at a time, we can just yammer for two hours at a time and have someone else come on and yammer. For yeah. and a half. So yeah. welcome. Well, Dale, we didn't we didn't know we were allowed to use uh, microphones until like well, yeah, 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 quite a ways in, quite a ways in. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read something here. So, so for podcast listeners, we should know that um, you know you probably know we usually keep the show uh, pretty clean, uh, and and we still will. However, I need to read this. There's so many great things in here, but I I was so struck by this. This so so this was Dale's. First report in baseball to the minor leagues when he ejected somebody. It's the very first one. So this is before he was in the major leagues, before he he got dirt thrown on him by Billy Martin, before he was there at the awesome uh, uh, bat flip game that we'll talk about. Before before, any of this. before Sparky Anderson spit tobacco <laughs> juice all over him. Yes, yes, thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> There's so much good stuff in this tale, <laughs> but I loved this so much. So this was in where was this? Let, let's set the scene, Dale. Uh, I believe. Well, I, the report you're talking about, I believe, was in, it was in the Northwest League, right? Um, and I and I believe it was was it in Walla Walla, the town so nicely named it twice. Is that? Is that <laughs> I'm not sure. It, the the person that you that you ejected is, was named. Kent Kaiser. Okay. Kent Kaiser. Kent oh, Kaiser. Kent Kaiser. Yes. Yes. Okay. This was in Bend, Oregon. Yes. He played okay. for Bend. Yeah, yeah. So this was in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. He, he ejected him. And then you, after every game, you have to give a report to the league. Correct. Right. Yeah, Correct. Right. Right. Here, here is the one paragraph I'm going to just read. 
In the eighth inning with one out and the score 8-4 in favor of Salem, I called Kaiser out on a third strike. He told me that I was horseshit, so I ejected him. Manager Casey asked me what he said. I told him, and his reply was, you are horseshit. I ejected (laughs) Gary. He he then told me I was horseshit and full of shit and made visual reference of the strike zone with with his hands at his knees. Finally, he left. Please note, this is my favorite part, that earlier in the game, both Kaiser and Kerry said I was full of shit and I did not eject them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel, what's, what's the difference? G- give us the difference between. Well, the difference is that's a rookie umpire who should have got him the first time when he said, <laughs> I, when they said I was full of shit because that way I would have had the horseshit part uh, later on. So, um, yeah, anytime you personalize it, I mean, they can, they can always say, uh, uh, that call was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. The call was, but when they say you are blah, blah, blah. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. You're, you're going to go. And uh, yeah, that was actually, I think I, I, I wrote on a, in, in the book that, uh, you know, I was a little embarrassed to put this in there because I actually missed two ejections before I got them later in the game is what, what it amounted to. So there's, there's a detail in your book that I thought was amazing, which is, and I believe I have this right, that you had, including playoffs, um, uh, postseason, stuff like that. You had exactly a thousand uh, home plate games. Is that right? Exactly. One thousand games behind the plate. Yeah. That first of all, that's amazing uh, in, a, in a game in a game that uh, that reveres numbers. A thousand games calling uh, uh, from home plate is incredible. Congratulations. Well, thank but you, thank you. I think that this raises the question of like wh- who in those specifically in those in those home plate games when you're really the the main the main person calling the game who gave it to you the best who was the best uh screamer yeller cursor whatever you, however you want to define this of all of those thousand games and let me well, add let me yeah. add a second thing to that Dale because I love this so much so who was the worst who was the one that was the best at coming closest to the edge and not getting ejected. <laughs> Those, that, that's the question I want to know. You know, uh, I would much rather have, who, who was the worst, uh, just to start that right off, Cito Gasson and I, when he managed Toronto in the uh, early and mid-90s, um, I could say it was Wednesday, he would say it's Thursday. I could say it's a day <laughs> game, he would say it's a night game. I mean, we could not get on the same page about anything. And in fact, one time in Texas, uh, he goes out to the mound to talk to his pitcher, which uh-huh. we all know he was out there just <laughs> waiting for me to come out. Um, and so I said, you know, let's get this over with. So I come out and then he starts saying, you know, where are those pitches? I said, I said, you know, Cito, we're not going to talk about pitches. He goes, well, my guys are saying you're missing pitches. I said, Cito, we're not going to talk. And he goes, well, but you know, we sure as hell are. And he, and, and he starts uh, blasting me on my, on my uh, strike zone. So I eject him and he goes, okay, I, that's it. That's he goes, I am so sick and tired of this. Let's settle this once and for all. I want to meet you after the game outside the World Cup, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll take care of this. And I said, well, that's great. Dr. Bobby Brown was the uh, league president of the American League at the time. I said, well, Dr. Brown will be thrilled that you're uh, threatening his umpires. And he goes, mm-hmm. F Dr. Brown. And I said, he'll be thrilled with that, too, because he'll be right in the, right in the report. And uh, I found that uh, Cito got fined more by me putting that in the report than other ejections I had when uh, Dr. Brown wasn't, you know, F you. Um, and, and, and he wouldn't find him then. So obviously it hit a nerve with uh, Dr. Brown on, on, on that particular ejection, <laughs> but he was, so, he was definitely the one that we just could not uh, get on the same page. So who's it, who was the best at walking right up to the line and then backing away? I'll be honest with you. Those are the guys that make me insane because they, <laughs> they, they, you know, I would rather have a guy like, like, like Lou Pinella. Lou, Lou would, you know, once in a while he'd bark from the dugout, but most of the time he just, 
he didn't say much. And then he would just explode and just yeah. go insane. You know, um, uh, one time I ejected uh, Lou in the kingdom it was uh, the first time he got ejected uh, as the Mariner uh, manager in the kingdom. And so I, uh, it was over pitches and, and I throw him out and he comes flying out of the dugout and his veins are coming out and he's holding his hat and he's kicking dirt all over the, all over the plate, just screaming at me, oh, 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 you know, just cussing away. And uh, Dave Phillips, my, uh, my uh, crew chief walks down and we're both just standing there just, uh, just mm-hmm. watching him as he's kicking and kicking. And it's like, like 19 <laughs> kicks. He's sweating. He's starting to, you know, now he's getting tired uh, and finally kind of slows down. And right when he kind of stops, I said, Hey Lou, you missed a spot. And he goes, why are you? And <laughs> um, <clears throat> that, that set him off. The guys that walk the line a little bit, um, uh, the, you know, like, like I said, those guys are, they make you a little bit insane. Um, um, Art Howe, uh, did that a little bit. Um, really? Um, yeah, you know, he just, you know, I didn't get, he didn't get ejected a lot. Um, right. and he was not a bad guy, but you know, he's just always <laughs> in your ear a little bit over there and, and see the thing about those types of managers is kind of like what you said. They, they, they don't say the magic words that are yeah. easy. Okay. You're gone. They just, they just, they just, and it's, it's, it's on a, you know, fingernails on a chalkboard and, 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 and you, you finally want to just, you know, just say, just yell at me, can you call me something so I can, you know, make this <laughs> right. official. I remember in, in AAA, I had uh, uh, Jim Fergosi was uh, managing at that time in AAA and he was hilarious. And, and uh, he was kind of whining about pitches whining. Finally, I, I bowled a pitch. He goes, well, where was that pitch? And I go, Jim, it doesn't matter what I tell you. You're not going to agree. And there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a long pause. And he goes, well, that's one fine attitude to have. <laughs> so, I like that. He was like being parental with you. Yeah, like, I like that. Is exactly. that the way you want to talk to me, your friend, Jim? <laughs> exactly. How, you know, okay. That's really a nice attitude to have, you know. And so, uh, uh, yeah. So, I mean, so th- those guys, those, those guys that, that, that kind of, uh, Joe Morgan was kind of like that, uh, you know, just, just when he was managing uh, uh, Boston. And so it just, you know, th- th- those are the ones that you just, you just go, please just tell me that I'm a, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I can I get, can get you out of here. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there's a famous story in basketball and I'm going to get all the details wrong. I apologize, but it was something like, it was like a Sunday game. And I think like tiger was making a run at the masters and I, it was like, you know, Kerr and Popovich or something. And they were like, hey, Tiger's making a run. Or no, it was Doc Rivers and somebody. And it was like, Tiger's making a run. Let's get thrown out of the game so we can go watch it. And like Doc got ejected or the other coach got ejected. And then Doc was trying really hard to get ejected. So he could, and for some reason, the refs just wouldn't do it. And what? he kept did the, chirping. Did and they the just say something like, hey, I, I can't watch Tiger either. That, that was it. That was yeah. exactly what I was like. Yeah. I know, I know what you're doing, but if I can't watch it, you can't watch it. Yeah. So, so I guess the question is, have you, did you ever have a situation like that where like you knew that a guy was trying to get run? just to go because it was a hot day or whatever. Well, and I, you just I wouldn't I, do it. I had a, I, yeah. I mean, that has certainly happened. I, 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 you know, sometimes I wouldn't know it at the time. And I find out later, like the next day, or <laughs> I see him in a series, you know, a couple of weeks later, go, I'm so glad you threw me out. <laughs> I mean, I the best thing that would happen to me. Um, I remember Terry Collins once when he was uh, managing the angels and uh, we were in Anaheim and they were up uh, over Toronto, like 10, nothing after three innings, it was just a blowout. And I was working second base. Well, now we're in the seventh inning. It's like 10 to nine. Right. And, and, and our angels are throwing the ball all over the field. And, they, you know, all these runs are scoring. And I had I went out on the ball with nobody on. Uh, it was a, a question of a, a spectator interference or maybe a home run. And I, I call it against the angels. I had a spectator interference. And here comes Terry Collins running out. 
And I thought, oh, here we go. You know, this is because it was close. And, you know, it was one of those things. And of course, way before replay. Um, and so he meets me like in shallow center field because I'd gone out of the ball. So there's really nobody around. And he goes, I go, Terry, as he's coming up to me, I said, Terry, uh, the fan touch. He goes, I don't care. I don't care. We're terrible. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, excuse me. <laughs> and, and he goes, he goes, this is awful. I mean, we're 10, nothing. I was 10. We, we suck. And I go, <laughs> so now I, I cover up like this. He goes, and I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to start laughing. And he says, he says, I can't take it anymore. You're going to have to throw me out. You're going to have to throw me out. And I said, well, Terry, I, I, you got to do something to you know, get thrown out. And he goes, oh, you want me to do something? <laughs> he takes his hat and chucks it about 20 feet. So I run him and he goes, I am so happy to get out of here. And he goes, <laughs> Because the worst thing, the worst thing about all this, Dale, is you got to sit around and watch this shit. <laughs> I'll be rushed. I thought, well, that was not very fair. Now I do have to stay and watch it. All right. Yeah, we, you, you never a know. Couple, a couple of things here. First of all, um, we set this up as like a 20 to 25 minute interview, but it's now clear that it's going to be between three and four hours. So <laughs> yeah, just settle exactly in. Right. Um, Get the box uh, set. Here, here's a question I've always wanted to know about umpires. You cannot do the job unless you are a huge baseball fan, right? You start off as a baseball fan. Yes. Right. So, and if you're a huge baseball fan as a child or a teenager, you have a favorite baseball team more than likely. What happens to your brain when you get to the majors and you are umping a game in which your favorite team as a child is one of the teams playing. Like I understand that you're a professional, that you can put your personal biases aside. People do that all the time. But if it were me, if I became a major league umpire right now and the Boston Red Sox were playing, I would have to recuse myself like a federal judge with a conflict of interest. Cause I would not be able to call the game objectively. Like how, how is that? Is that something that just like, because you're being a professional, you never think about it. Do you think about it? What's the deal? Well, I think that uh, I think that's why you go the, through the minor leagues. I'll tell you why. I, I, I grew up as a Dodger fan. I was uh, I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, there was no Mariners. Uh, uh, my grandfather lived in L.A. He was a Dodger fan. OK, so I'm a Dodger fan. Sure. And it was pretty obvious I was going to be first baseman for the Dodgers when I grew up. I just couldn't you know, run, hit, throw or field. So I <laughs> hmm, had right. to figure out something else to stay in baseball. I started umpire when I was 15. I'll tell you how, how, how I became not a Dodger fan. Uh, was in the Northwest League, first first year in professional baseball, Bellingham uh, in the Northwest League was the uh, Dodger affiliate. And, uh, you know, oh, that's the Dodger farm team. Okay, cool. Yeah, they yelled at me more than any other team. <laughs> so I, I, I immediately figured out that, you know what, I don't care what organization it is, they're all yelling at me and I hate all of them. So I, so then I go, I see. Attitude. So by the time I ever had the Dodgers, uh, you know, in the big league level, I was way over that. Yeah. yeah. You know, because, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Mike, what, you know, once, once somebody um, rather, you know, somebody, a team or an entity that you really, really cherish, once they scream at you for about nine innings, yeah, it kind of breaks that from it. You know, <laughs> see, here's the problem though. I would say, and Joe, you can speak to this too, but I, I have been screamed at by Red Sox fans <laughs> all my life, generally for various things. Cause Red Sox fans like to scream a lot in this very particular accent. And it hasn't affected me. So I'm, I'm no. not sure. I think that what, but, what we're learning here is that just you're a more well-adjusted and professional person than I well, am. But, but there's one key difference. It's not the fans. I can care less, but it's the team that's been screwed yeah. at. Oh, so, I see. And that, it makes it even more personal. So yeah. yeah, let's face it. If Poppy started yelling at you, you'd be over it. I mean, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, I would say I'm very sorry, sir. How could I make this up to you? I love you. Please be my friend. But, yeah, that's but not I would, what I said. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I would take it to a, another level, which is, 
as a baseball fan, so not even so much as a team fan, you've, you've umped, uh, what, five no-hitters? Is that right? I think four or five. Um, I had one behind the plate, and then I had, I believe, three. Uh, well, I had one that wasn't a no-hitter. Right. And then I had one that was, and then I had three on the bases. Yeah. Right. So, so a bunch of no hitters. I don't see how, I mean, you're, you're, you love the game. You're a fan of the game. You understand the history of a no hitter. How do you prevent that from, from affecting your, your decision-making? I mean, I think because we are not in the mindset of a, of of an umpire, the uh, Galarraga imperfect game to us made a lot less sense because our our point is like well your default should be he's out because there's a perfect game on the line but you guys can't think that way right no i mean you it's it's really weird when you're when you uh all of a sudden you get into the you know the seventh eighth inning and 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 somebody's throwing a no-no all four umpires are 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 very in tune of what's happening now it doesn't mean that before that you weren't (laughs) i mean you still are focused on your on your on your game but what happens is especially as a plate umpire um, now you're thinking, okay, you, you don't want to miss a pitch, right? You never do, but you really, because everything's going to be magnified now. Everything is going to be much larger. And so the key in your mindset is you don't want to miss a pitch, but you definitely do not want to miss a strike. In other words, if you, if a pitch is a little outside and you call it a strike, you're going to, you know, not that you're, but it, not that you're intentionally doing it, but let's say you just, you miss it a little bit, but, but you call it a strike. That's sure. much more um forgivable yeah. right, than a than a strike and you ball it now the next pitch he hits it off the wall and you go what yeah you know, so, i mean so 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 you just you focus and, and the other umpires have to focus too because all of a sudden uh that uh that 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 you know shortstop in the hole throwing the first and if he's safe it's a base hit right and, and it's a whacker at first i mean you everybody's in tune uh, you know, the, the third base umpire, you think, oh, he's third base the day off. Really? Uh, you have that catch, no catch uh, or that fair foul call right. uh, with two outs of a no hitter in the ninth inning. Pretty big call. So, you, you know, folk, uh, your, your mentality is always you got to focus every single pitch, every single play. And, and sometimes that's easier said than done, quite frankly. OK, so there's there's a debate going on right now amongst European soccer fans um, about the offsides rule. And basically, you know, replay a VAR in soccer has led to this thing where and Joe hates replay more than anything in the world. I I like replay. Joe hates it. But there's this thing where, you know, someone will will, um, make a pass through the defense and the guy, it's a perfect pass. The guy receives it. He dribbles and he scores. They go to VAR and it's revealed that he was 11 millimeters offside and the goal is disallowed. And And the debate that's happening is, should it be the hockey rule, which is, and I promise I'm going somewhere with this, which is basically if any part of you is onsides, then you're onside. Right now in soccer, it's if any part of you is offsides, you're offsides. But in hockey, it's if any part of you is is onsides, then you're onsides. And this is, I, I think it would make the game a lot more exciting. So my question for you is, as a guy who umped a thousand games behind the plate and thousands more on the bases, were there common sense rules in baseball as baseball tries to evolve and change and experiment with things like pitch clocks and and move, we we're going to move second base in eight, eight, 11 <laughs> inches or whatever it is because right. it's been in the wrong place forever and make them larger yeah. and make them larger. Yeah. Like, is there is there something where in your decades of umpiring, there was a rule or some kind of basic aspect of the game that you just thought, God, if they just change this, this would be this would make the game so much better. This simple thing. Um, well, uh, 
you know, as an umpire, purely selfishly, because we don't get paid by the hour, it's just have ties. After nine innings, it's like, okay, we just move on. Because I, I yeah, my last, you know, I, I mean, yes, yeah, so I worked 19 <laughs> innings, six and a half hours once behind the plate because Oof. nobody could score. And, and, and just as a sidebar, when it was in Cleveland, uh, when Boston hit a two-run home run at the top of the uh, 19th, um, not exactly professional, but I high-fived him. Um, <laughs> I was very, very, very happy uh, that uh, runs had scored. Um, you know, one thing that's happening with replay now that that was a uh, uh, certainly not uh, what they wanted with replay is when the guy slides in safe. Yeah, there you go. But he comes off the bag just a little bit, and the fielders now, they know to keep that glove on him the whole time. Um, you know, technically, yeah, he's off the base as he's being tagged, but that is not the reason why we have replay right. uh, on a right. situation like that. And you've just taken away a guy that just hit a double, but fair and square. And now, uh, because he, you know, is, uh, uh, like you said, 11 millimeters or whatever it was <clears throat> off the base. Now he's out. Um, how do we correct that? I'm not sure. I mean, uh, uh, but I, th- you know, nobody likes that. Uh, that right. That's just a cheap, cheap out that uh, was not intended for the, uh, you know, in the replay rules. So I, I, I wish they could somehow come up with some kind of a, um, you know, there's a difference between a guy and be an umpire judgment, obviously, I, but there's a difference between a guy that's just comes up a little bit and he's not yeah. gaining an advantage or he didn't ba- have a bad slide or anything like that. And a guy that is a little out of control and came off the base. Right. So, yeah. Right. Well, uh, this and, is, this is my point with, you know, Mike says, I hate replay and it's not a hundred percent true. I like replay when it, when it fixes bad calls. What I don't like is exactly what you're talking about. And frankly, what the offside rule is as well, which is when you use replay to magnify rules that were not intended to be magnified. Right. right? right. And there was something about when you were umpiring before replay, even in the early days of replay, where you were given sort of the leeway to make common sense choices as an umpire that that is just taken away. I mean, common sense tells you if a guy bounces a millimeter off the bag and, and there's a glove on him that he's not really out, that that's right. not, that's not what it's about. And there is a bunch of those in football more than any other sport where common sense, if you were allowed to just do common sense, but we're not, we're slaves to the slowest motion, highest definition replays. Right. Anymore. Right. And that's, and I don't, I don't believe that's the way the game was meant to be umpired. I don't know how you feel about that. Right. Well, well, and I think, I, I, I think you're right. First of all, I just want to correct you though. I, I don't believe in saying, uh, uh, you know, uh, bad calls. I, I like to call them misunderstood calls okay? so, <laughs> because I, I think it's got a better ring to it. Uh, it does. It, it makes me feel better. And sure. so, uh, I, I, sure. you know, I, I, sure you thought I was going to call him out, but I called him safe. He just misunderstood what I was going to do. This <laughs> is basically what it comes down to. Um, but I, I, I think you're right there. You know, that is a, a glaring example of, 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 of replay doing something uh, that it was not intended to do. And it certainly isn't in the spirit of the game. You know, we used to have um, not so much now because we have slide rules and, and breaking up double plays is a no, no, unless you do it completely legally. Right. Um, and that kind of thing. But, you know, before then we used to have, you know, the, the whole neighborhood play and people's minds would explode because uh, maybe the, and, and first of all, let me, let me backtrack and say, most of the time they did at some point touch the base, but because they're that good and the timing was that good, but, uh, but sometimes, it, but it was accepted at that level of play, as long as the throw, the throw was true and the timing was good because both teams have middle infielders that make a lot of money and they don't want them to get killed. That's yeah, basically right. is what it was. Right. And I'm not saying that's the way it should have been in high school or, or college or, or little league. 
Um, but, you know, I would try to explain to people, this is how the game is played at this level. This yeah. is accepted at this level, you know, and, and of course now that's different now because they've made different rules. But, but, but I kind of get into your, your point, Joe, as far as, you know, replay sometimes gives uh, examples of what it's not intended to do. And yeah. it's not intended for that level of play. Uh, for sure, uh, but but it's a casualty of of, of the rule, and I, and I agree with you. I I like replay. I mean, trust me, I I I never you know umpires do not want to miss calls. That's not what we're about. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I would rather get the call right, even though we may look bad doing it, uh, instead of you know missing a call, an obvious miss, and then that was the winning run that got called out or, or whatever. You know, what I mean, because now you're the headline and not what's going on in the field. And a lot yeah. of times now, when you have a, a, a overturn a call. A lot of times that's not even mentioned in the like the highlight package. You know, they just they just, you know, go on. So it's you know, it's it's done what it's supposed to do for the most part. And I agree with it. But, you know, this is a glaring example of one one aspect of replay that just it makes people go insane because it's so unfair. Well, I have a fix, honestly, for for the millimeters off the bag. I've long thought this. I don't know, Joe. I don't actually don't think I've ever pitched this to you, but I have an actual fix. All right. Here's the fix. Here's the rule, the new rule. If the player slides into a base, second or third, uh, and hits and his any part of his body, hand or foot or whatever, hits the bag before the tag is applied, the runner is called safe. Even if he comes off a little bit and the glove is still on him, the runner is called safe. Unless he move he his body goes completely past the bag. At which point he's in that he overslides, in which case. He's able to be tagged. So all you so if the runner doesn't slide, then game on. Any the 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 glove is on him. He tries to balance. You know he right, didn't right, didn't right. slide. Didn't know the throw was coming in at third or whatever. Then you're in trouble. But if you slide the second your foot or hand hits the bag, as long as your whole body doesn't go past the bag, you are considered safe, even if the glove stays on you. That's my pitched. Uh, that's well, my pitch for how to fix it. I'm gonna call make some calls and get you on the rules committee. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no doubt that call Theo. Can someone call Theo Epstein? <laughs> Let's get this worked out. There are uh Twitter bots that in real time uh show every ball strike call using the pitch FX system and whether the pitch was correctly called a ball or a strike. And I, a big baseball fan, am very fond of retweeting those uh, calls when they're missed and sending them on via text and 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 sending them on text to my friends joe and brandon mccarthy (laughs) and other people and just pointing out that an umpire missed a a strike call by six inches in a key moment in a red sox yankees game in early may that doesn't really matter (laughs) right so here's my question so would you say that most umpires like it when people do that or do they love it when people do that well which one is i would would be leaning toward like uh, and probably negative like i don't know that's that's a thing um you know we we have real issues with with that thing only because of the accuracy part of it um you know the plate is is constant with 17 inches and of course if the ball goes over any part of the plate within the strike zone then it is deemed a strike well the ball is two and a quarter inches in circumference that makes the plate even wider because Mm -hmm. it nicks any part of that Right. But the problem, the real problem we see with with the, the on screen facsimile of the strike zone is the high low, the high low. Yeah. Uh, frankly, we don't know where they're setting that. And right. uh, and, and the high low uh, of a hitter is it, it can, can literally change per pitch, because if he squares the bunt, his his strike zone is going to be different than right. if he's, 
Uh, of course, nobody squares to bunt anymore, so I guess we don't have to worry about that. But uh, <laughs> the launch angle on bunts aren't that great. No. So, um, uh, but 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 yeah. So so we have real issues with that, and then and then just the the uh, the, the both the corners as far as how much when we see a ball that's doesn't touch the line at all, let's say outside, right? Well, does that mean the ball didn't touch the the you know that no, none of the ball touched it, or or the you know, I'm not sure where they're where they're putting that is what I'm saying. I, sure. I know, I know that w- the stuff that we get graded on, uh, on, on, on that kind of stuff, we don't find out until several hours, if not the next day, because there's actually a technician for every pitch that is missed. They go through and uh, physically put the high, low lines to make sure they're correct. And, and, oh. you know, um, and of course they don't have time to do that for a, for a broadcast. So, but then again, I understand guys that um, uh, that's reality for people. They see that that's reality. That's to them. That is a hundred percent accurate. And that, and that's the way it should be called. So it's a very uh, tough thing. So that's why I'm a like, like a negative, like on that. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> and, and the minus sign. And then the word, like, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Pro- yes. probably two, two minuses. Yeah. I D- would say, Dale, yeah. Dale, uh, a big part of this book obviously is, is you talking about coming out, and and uh and the reaction people and all of that you know and and i think that's really interesting particularly in a sport where you know they're the players have not come out and and it's been you know it's been tough what what did you find as far as you know as you were writing about this and the experience what was what do you feel like the reaction was to you coming out well, I, you know, I came out uh, publicly in December of 2014, so we were a few months away from any baseball being played. Um, and this, and, and when I came out, the, the the guys I worked with, the umpires on the staff, they all knew. The people right. I worked for, Major League Baseball at that time, Park Avenue, uh, they all knew. But it was news to the teams and the fans and the media and that kind of stuff. But um, you know, I wasn't sure what the reaction would be. Uh, I knew we were a few months. It, I think it would have been a lot different if it was during the season, uh, sure. more immediate. Um, but, uh, as it turned out, uh, the 2015 season, I had, uh, two players, my very first game, spring training game, uh, congratulate me. And, and then I had a player later on that year, a third base coach and a trainer. That was it. That was, the, that was the only wow. people, uh, in uniform or involved with baseball that, that said anything. And, you know, one of the things I said in the interviews that I was doing in December, when I came out, I said, you know, I, I when asked that question numerous times sure. uh, what would be the reaction i said well you know i i honestly think you know i don't know what the reaction is going to be but i honestly think uh players and managers and coaches are and everybody else why that goes are much more concerned about me getting pitches and plays right than you know what i do after the game and, and that's basically how it turned out yeah and so basically what you were saying is people wanted to yell at you for the balls and strikes and yeah. had really Thank no you. interest in your yeah. in your yeah. in your life I have been told, however, that uh, one of our favorite podcast uh, uh, people, Joey Votto, did have something to say to you. What, what, what was that? Well, he was one of the two uh, that, that that first game I had the I had Cleveland Cincinnati play in that first spring training game. And uh, uh, Joey, uh, you know, like after the fifth inning, you know, half the team leaves, uh, all the starters leave you know, <laughs> numbers like 273 on, on these uh, players. Um but he, as he's going to his uh, clubhouse, he, he, I was at working second, but I was in shallow uh, center field. He was going to go right by me. And he, he walked right up to me and shook my hand. He said, congratulations, Dale. You know, I think that took a lot of guts. Um, before that, Marlon Burr, longtime outfielder, 
uh, for the Reds. He was playing for the Reds then. Uh, he he came right in about the third inning. I was at third base at that time, and he comes up and he goes Dale, and he gives this huge big bear hug, which is not normal. Um, usually, <laughs> players, you know, especially the first game in spring training, it's like, hey, how was your off season? How's how's everything going? Bear hugs don't usually happen that way, but um, uh, he gave me a big bear hug, and he goes Dale, you're I'm so proud of you. You're free, man. You're free. And I and I was I said thanks, Marlon. You know, I and it really surprised me, but. Yeah, that was that was the biggest reaction was was Marlon Bird, and that was you know three innings into the whole season. <laughs> so uh, the rest of the year was pretty quiet. Wow, Marlon Bird becomes immediately a podcast favorite, wow. immediate podcast yeah. hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so this is obviously the most the the biggest moment in the life of any LGBTQIA plus person is when when to come out, how to come out. Uh, there are professional considerations, there are personal considerations, familial considerations. We're talking about a world, not just baseball, but professional athletics that is particularly hostile or has been in the past right. toward any any person who is different in any way from the majority of the people who have the job. Right. So. Right. Th- so my question is, in your opinion, like, wh- when do we get to the point where anyone who is LGBTQIA plus feels safe enough to just announce this from the beginning, not like I'm going to, I'm going to do it when I'm 37 and I'm on my way out of the game or something. But um, how do, how do we get there? When do we get there? Well, we're, 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 we're getting baby steps now. I mean, uh, but, but you know, it, it always seems like there's what, you know, two steps forward, one step back or something. Um, You know, basketball, Football, um, hockey, soccer, they've all had active players at yeah. some point uh, come out. And baseball in the major, at the major league level has not. They've had a couple minor league uh, uh, and, and some, and some of the uh, independent league uh, mm-hmm. uh, players and, 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 you know, and that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, I, I think we're getting there. We're getting closer. I don't have an exact answer for you, Michael, because I'm just not sure why. I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of a, a surprised that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's going to be a, a guy that's in the majors and then comes out or somebody that maybe the, has come out in the minor leagues and eventually he makes it to the big leagues. You know, right. I, I, I'm not sure how that'll all play out. You know, even, even 10 years ago or so um, I remember seeing stuff in USA today or whatever saying, well, you know, some, you know, most, uh, most guys in the clubhouse would, uh, would be okay with it. But there's a few guys, you know, this and that and this and that. And I think you're seeing less and less and less than that. Uh, uh, last was it last year, two years ago, uh, when the Cincinnati Reds, uh, uh, radio guy made a mistake and said something on a hot mic, yeah. uh, and lost his job. I, I forget his name, but, but he, uh, uh, immediately like a couple Reds players, I know at least one Reds player, I think two tweeted and said, Hey, uh, you know, that's, that's not us. So I want you to know that, that this, yeah. Yeah, this organization is, is open to all and that kind of stuff. You would have never seen that a few years earlier, a player doing that. I, I don't think, you know, so, so there's progress has been made, uh, but it seems like it's not quite, uh, uh, well, it's not as uh, quickly as I would hope. Anyway. You don't think that um, during the Marge shot era that people would have, <laughs> that Reds players would have been, felt comfortable saying that? I'm surprised to hear you say that. I, I, she yeah, was I, a famously tolerant you, person. You, you know, I think Marge is lucky that she wasn't around when there was Twitter and uh, social media because I think that would have been very destructive for, for Miss Marge, yeah. Yeah, yeah get, given given what happened when there wasn't Twitter, you can yeah. only imagine. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, you, you There's a couple more questions i want to throw at you here because the, there's so much great stuff in your book it is any baseball fan should read this book it is a true joy it's a true wonderful journey through uh through a gr- great era of the game it's basically my entire life is yes. you, you covered um you have a thing in there which i which i have noted 
which I find fascinating, which is that umpires used to be bigger dudes, right? <laughs> there, there, there were some big famous dudes. There was Eric, right. the Eric Gregg body type model, right? right and right. now you see these guys and they're like CrossFit legends. It's yeah. insane. They are, they're jacked and they're in incredible shape. Like yeah. what, what, what led to that? Uh, you write about it a little bit in the book, but like talk about that, that transformation for as umpires from normal looking human beings <laughs> to, to like the, like the most fit dudes uh, right. as, as in as good shape as the players seemingly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I was I was after the era of just hire the biggest guys we know, you know, just huge guys and they'll be intimidating and, and all that stuff. And then they figured out that didn't maybe work as well as, as they thought. Um, and, and but I was before the, you know, guys that are just jacked, you know, look like they yeah. just, uh, you know, I, I'm a little late for the game because I was in the gym for the last seven hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, but I've walked by gyms before, so I know they're there. Sure. Um, but um, <laughs> me too. I, you, you know, I think part of it was because, you, you know, you start, you know, watch, look at the NBA, look at the, uh, and, and a little bit on college, but look at the NBA officials the last five, six, eight years. I mean, these guys are pretty jacked. Yeah. You had uh, uh, football, you had uh, Hockley, Ed Hockley, I believe. With oh, the, God, yeah. The yeah. big guns, you know, and he kind of started that trend. Now you see uh, some guys like that. And and I think ba the baseball umpire world just kind of uh, uh, went into that too. Plus you had a, you had a whole uh, generation of uh, younger umpires coming in that that working out and going to the gym every day and that kind of stuff was part of their routine. Unlike my routine of you know eating <laughs> crackers and stuff. So um, you know, so it was it was uh, you know kind of a mindset of, of that generation and everything else. But now now this year um, you know starting well uh, opening day uh, the crew chiefs will be announcing like the NFL they'll be announcing after a replay or something. Right. Uh, uh, what exactly is going on? I, th that's one, th I don't, I don't miss being on the field. I I'm, I'm happily retired. I do. I am a little jealous and upset that I didn't get a chance to do the announcement because I have a radio background. I, you know, yeah. listen to these pipes. I mean, seriously, I could, I could, <laughs> I could have, I could have done such great announcing no guns here, but, but great announcing. Uh, but, uh, but I missed out on that one. But I love this because look, when you went to your first umpire school, you talk about that and you talk about, trying to figure out if you, I guess only the top five were going to go on to the next in my school. class. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In your class. And so you were looking around trying to measure and basically what you were able to determine were uh, that there were some people who didn't know what they were doing. So, so they were out and there were some people who were not physically able. So even then, I mean, because you're right, this is in the Eric Gregg era, no, not to pick on Eric Gregg because there were a lot of people like him, which right. are, Basically, it was like be like me or Mike being an umpire, essentially, and more me. And <laughs> and 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 yet the, what kind of physical specimens were there that you immediately looked at your first umpire school and said, yeah, that person not making well, it. when I you know, there was I went to uh, the uh, Bill Kinnaman school and ended up being the Brinkman school. But I went there. I went to the San Bernardino school, which which there only had 27 students. That's the only only the top five went. The other two schools in Florida had a lot more students. That's why there's not a school in San Bernardino anymore. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, immediately I could see immediately there was about three or four or five that were there kind of a umpire fantasy camp. They had no desire to get the professional <laughs> baseball or they were they were much older than, you know, practical. They just wanted the experience to learn how to umpire, blah, blah, blah. blah. And that, that's great. And every year you have. A segment that that's like that, uh, but then then I looked at the you know uh, people that uh, that really are trying to get a job, but you know a few of them I could just eliminate just because 
uh, you know, there's a difference between just a big intimidating guy and somebody that has trouble running to third base, you know, so physically just wasn't exactly. Um, and they try, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, but, but, but immediately I could say, you know, I can run to third base. So I knew that I had a shot uh, at least over, uh, over them. And so that kind of deduced it down of those five spots. I, I figured there's about eight to 10 of the 27, including me that had a, had a shot at the five. Gotcha. Uh, so we do a thing on this uh, ridiculous podcast where we draft stupid things yes. that are meaningless. I, we heard, draft yes. right. So this is going to be a one one person draft. You're going to draft <laughs> you. You're going to draft the uh, your the greatest moments of your uh, professional oh, life. I like and, this. Yeah. But I, but I have some. I have a couple. Basically, what I instead of a draft, it's more of a ranking. I'd okay. like you to rank. So there's five games that you participated in. And I'd like you to rank them from, so from backwards at all. No, it's this not. It's, not, it's more of a, it's no, a it's ranking, just, but, yeah. but, I, but the reason that I want them to do a ranking is because I have a ranking for what they would be for me. All right. I'll figured, and then, and then I'm going to, and then, so we'll, we'll have your ranking and then I'll tell you what the actual real answer is. And my, and <laughs> okay, no, very good. Then I'll tell you what the real, real answer <laughs> is. So, so this isn't one of those where there's no wrong answer. There is a wrong answer. There, there is, is a, a there answer. is a wrong answer. There's a wrong answer. Yeah, and you're, and you're going to give the wrong answer and then we will give you the right answer. Okay. Very good. Okay, so here are five five games that you uh, participated in as an umpire. You were in the you umped uh, in the 2004 World Series, mm-hmm. um, also the 2013 World Series. Oh boy, you were an ump in the Jose Bautista bat flip game. Yes, uh, you were uh, there when George Bush threw out the first pitch uh, after 9/11, which is a moment every baseball fan remembers. And then your first game in the majors as an umpire. <laughs> now, now, now those me, are the five. Let me, let me, first of all, you're lit. I was not in the 2013 World Series. So. I thought you were. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. Well, right. so, so, you so, know, so, now there's four things to list, right? No, no, no. We're going to add a fifth. Thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should add be, a fifth. It's got to be five. So, why don't the fifth be? Um, gosh, you, you were in so many great things. Um, all right, I'm putting the fifth as the day that Billy Martin threw dirt on you. Everybody- I was gonna go. I was gonna go with with uh, with Sparky spitting tobacco <laughs> juice because that is that's. I think that's my favorite anecdote from the from it's the book. Such a great anecdote, but the but everybody of that time remembers. Yes, him right. kicking dirt, no dirt coming up, and so him reaching down and yeah. grabbing dirt. That's- okay, so 2004 series, Billy Martin dirt bat flip, Bush's first pitch. After 9-11 and your first game as an umpire. Those are well, the five things you're uh, uh, Do you want me to rank five, uh, five, four, you know, five down? Five, yeah, start start with five and go All back right, to, to number All one. Right. All right. So I think uh, I think uh, five was the uh, 2004 World Series because I know that's your number one because that broke the, <laughs> <laughs> broke the streak. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I sniffed that one out real quick. Yes, that was good. Um, uh, uh, number, number four would be, uh, the, uh, the, well, the bat flip was insane. Uh, but, uh, we'll wow. put that at four, uh, number three, uh, I would say the Billy Martin, uh, that was my third year in, in, in the big leagues. And that was a pretty big deal. Um, uh, uh, number, number two was, uh, George, president Bush throwing out, you know, game three of the, of the 01 world series. And number one was when I had my West spot when, when, uh, George Brett, uh, saw me, you know, and said hello that that very first game I ever worked in, wow. in 1985, and he said, "Hey, Dale, your first game." And I 
I looked down literally thinking I had a wet spot or something that I, because I was so excited. <laughs> and I looked back up. I said, why is it that obvious? And he, he, he laughed. He goes, no, I just hadn't seen you around. I, I didn't. Know what uh, but, but, but please correct me and tell me, uh, tell me where I'm on. Yes. Well, obviously the number one is the two that four world series. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, a close second is the bad flip game, which yes. I think, I think is the greatest non Red Sox baseball watching moment of my personal life. Yes. That was Joe. And I wrote a long piece about that in the, like, Almost like writing on deadline. It was the only time I've ever written anything about sports <laughs> as if I were on deadline. We wrote it in like 31 minutes right. and it was posted 38 minutes after the game. Hey, hey, yeah. Can I can I can I add you wrote it in 31 minutes, which is only half of what that seventh inning was. Uh, oh yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Just throw that out there. Yeah. Uh number three, I think, would be President Bush's first pitch. Number four would be Billy Martin, and number five would be your first game. I don't care about your first game. Who <laughs> right. cares about your first game? <laughs> My parents were my parents were thrilled, but I well, okay, that's fine. I'm sure. Great, your parents can do their own list. <laughs> yeah. Listen, they, they want to be a guest. They want to talk about that. <laughs> what would you say, Joe? Rank those yeah, five. Yeah, look, I think for me, number one is going to be the 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 uh, bat flip game. Not not only because of the bat flip, but as Mike and I wrote about many many times, it's the unbelievably wild Shinsu Chu thing with the bat out. And we couldn't insane. believe one of the things that we did. So we wrote that thing like together, but separately. So like Mike was working on it one place and he was in California and I was in North Carolina and we were both writing on the same Google doc and we were feeding off each other. And what both of us just could not believe was like how, I mean, it took a while, but how you made sense of something that none of us had any idea what it was. It did was you know that? I have to ask, did you know the rule? Because there's the crazy thing. Happened. Yeah, here's what happened. We had, uh, uh, I, I screwed up the rule when it first happened. Uh, and it was because uh, we had had a situation uh, the year before in Milwaukee. It's a, it's a situation, runner at first, less than two outs. Uh, the, the hitter uh, swung and missed at a, at a pitch in the dirt. The, the catcher blocked it and it went in front of the plate. The hitter, uh, you know, strike three as he's walking to the first base. I got not uh, no intent whatsoever. He accidentally uh, kicked the ball that had gotten away from the catcher, and the, oh. and the runner advanced. That's a that's basically time. There's no intent. The batter's out because it's strike three. The runner nobody can advance, and we just send the runner back. Right. So when he threw when Russell Martin threw the ball back, and it and it hits his bat, who and he's doing nothing wrong. It's not like mm -hmm. he's trying to get hit or whatever, and he's just standing there. Well, he it's was like doing something wrong. He was doing that crazy Shinsu Shinsu Chu thing with his arms, like right, way but, out. Like nobody but, else does that. But, but he wasn't right, trying right. to. But, he wasn't but, trying but, to but, do it. No, it wasn't intentional. But but was, if you but if you'll notice after the pitch, he, he does do that. But he had taken kind of a step back too. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. You know. So no, he so, wasn't I mean, trying to for sure. Right. No. no you're, and you're 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 exactly right. But when it hit my mind in that moment. Uh, that other rule came up and I thought, Oh no, no, the ball's dead. Ball's dead. You know? And as I'm, as I had my arms up killing it as, as, uh, Odor, you know, he scores. I mean, he ran immediately when the ball yeah. ricocheted mm -hmm. and there was nobody around the ball because they're on a shift and everything. Um, but what, as I'm walking out in my, and I'm killing time in my mind, I'm, you know, things are going a million miles an hour. And all of a sudden I, I was thinking, why am I killing on the ground? Why am I <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason i'm killing the ball but i don't know what it is because it's not you know that's a live ball so, right. so I, I pretty much knew that i had screwed up immediately i also knew that it was so, well as i was going through this uh something that i think we can correct well you know banister uh, jeff banister for the rangers came out and he's an ex-catcher and he comes out and goes why is that dead he goes I, I had this in the minor leagues well i thank god somebody had it i'd never had it before <laughs> i mean a thousand play jobs i'd never seen it happen um 
I saw it. Let me back to I saw it happen once the first hitter of a game in the bottom of the first with nobody on. Uh, 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 Molina did it of all people, you know, and, and by accident. And of course there was no runners and it was, it was, it was a nothing, but this was a little bit bigger game. Um, so now you, once you, once this is all happened, now you have a protocol we're going to have to go through. And, you know, right. part of that is bringing my partners in all five of them and shutting off my mic. So the, uh, the broadcast couldn't hear me, uh, and just saying, Hey guys, I think I screwed up here. And I explained what happened. And they all agreed, yeah, no, that's a live ball. And I said, okay, and, and I knew the answer to this too, but I want to make sure we're on the same page. I said, my calling time had nothing to do with him scoring. In other words, I didn't prevent a Toronto player from making a play right. because I called time. Uh, and they said, and I knew it because no one was even close to the baseball and he ran immediately. Yeah. And of course they all said, no, that's correct. You didn't. So I said, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're, I'm going to score this guy. And I said, I'm going to, uh, I'll take on John, John Gibbons, the Toronto <laughs> manager, because I had a feeling you might question it. Have some uh, thoughts. Yeah. Have some thoughts. And, uh, and that's what we did. And, and that set off the, the fans went crazy. And of course he protested the game. It was funny. I, I said, John, he goes, I, I want to protest the game. I said, well, you know, what, you know, what do you, you know, when you protest, what specifically are you protesting? Right. I go, so what are you protesting? John goes, all of it, the whole thing. I'm going to protest the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, said, I said, Johnny, you can't just protest the whole thing. I said, you know, I mean, you know uh, but, it's, uh, it's so funny. It's amazing. It's so funny because Mike, that day I wrote, you know, as I was writing about this thing, Mike wrote that day. I remember him saying, he's like, I said, you know, this is, you know, nobody knew what was going on. Gibbons didn't know. And Mike wrote, he said, you know what? I think Gibbons didn't know, but he just was so screwed. He just yeah. basically was like, I protest everything. I'm just you like, got it. You just got to You got to just rip, shut, jump up and down and scream and yell. There's nothing else you can do. I mean, else, yeah. uh, first he said, first he said, uh, uh, well, the ball's dead. I said, well, no, it's not. And he goes, he goes, well, that was interference. I go, well, no, it wasn't interference. He goes, um, okay, well then, uh, the roof, the roof should have been open you know, okay. I, mean, you know I mean i was like i, I don't think these are going to work john and at and, and one point after all of this going on and things are being thrown and boom boom, boom finally i said john this is what we're going to do okay so do you want to do you want to be ejected or do you want to stay was, i want to stay I, wanna, I don't want to be ejected I said, okay well then let's go you know with, with yeah the, wow this whole discussion is over and, and we're going to move on well the the as we wrote the best thing about baseball because it's been around for 150 years is you know in football there's these rules that are constantly changing that no yeah. one knows how to interpret. It's what's a catch. You have to make a football move. Nobody knows what that is. Right. right. You, that thing happens. None of us has ever seen that before. You go to the rule book. Oh, there it is. It's rule two Oh one B whatever. <laughs> if a, but like, and it, it's, it is what is so wonderful about the game. And also so uh, remarkable about the game is that the weirdest things over time will all happen they will all happen and then someone that's, will say like here's what we do in this situation that's why the rules there because it happened at some point uh to, yeah in 1879 yeah, exactly, right, exactly, yeah. exactly you know if somebody had said uh right before i was going out to work game five behind the plate um uh of this series the the, the final game if somebody said hey by the way you're going to have um, a rule you've never seen mm -hmm. uh you're going to have a protest you're going to have several bench clearings you're going to have three ejections and you're going to have a, 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 a fans throwing a bunch of stuff at your, you know, uh, at you guys. I would have said, um, hmm. you know, I think I might retire right now. You guys yeah. go ahead. Uh, I think I'm good. And <laughs> or like, I'll, I'll, I'll take left field today. Why don't yeah. you guys want someone else get behind the plate? But how about having all of that 
and that's not what anybody remembers from the game. What everybody right, remembers right, from the right. game is the bat flip. That's right. the craziest part of all. Right, and and that was, I mean, that, that whole seventh inning was insane. And if you yes. remember, after that was in the top of the seventh, and all right. that took place. Now in the bottom of the seventh, the the Rangers, I believe, made two errors that inning. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Two or three. I know two. Well, they made two errors and like one that could have been called an a error. couple other like right. bad yeah. plays. Yeah. Right. One yeah. guy. And, and it got it all, you know, set up for the Batista thing. Of course, it was tied at that point. Yep. And then he just launched that thing. You know, oh. and sometimes from the plate, um, when a guy hits it, you think, uh, you know, it may have enough or, or you know, I don't think that's going to go. That one, I was like, oh, God. You know, that's, <laughs> going to, that's going to Edmondson. I don't know where that's going. That's going a long way. Uh, it, was, it was an incredible night. Wow. It was true. It's truly, um, the, uh, again, of a, a non Red Sox game for me personally, it was the most joyous and bizarre and wonderful yes. game and in memory. And you're a very lucky person to have been there for that. That's a, well, such a great time, achievement. I didn't think that, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going through all of this, you know, and, and somebody said, uh, how can you, you know, cause it, the place was insane. Right. Uh, and he said, they said, I, I admire you for how calm you were. You just, you just methodically. And I said, that's what we're afraid to do. Sometimes, sometimes we don't pull it off as well as others, but that's while everybody else is going nuts, we're the ones that are try, trying to show some. Uh, and you some were. Of that, yeah, was, yeah. that was so amazing. I mean, you just, we're watching it just going out of our minds <laughs> in the, a million miles away. No rooting interest. Yeah. yeah. No rooting <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> million miles away. And there you are in the middle of it handling. Well, Dale, we could keep you here for hours and hours and hours. Mike might want to, I don't yeah. know, but, uh, but this has been amazing. I can't, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us here. Well, I, I appreciate it guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Anytime you want to uh, talk more stories uh, during the season, just let me know. Great. Today, uh, one last thing before you go today is opening day. The Red Sox Yankees game has already been postponed, which is the cruelest fate <laughs> that can befall a baseball fan to have opening day it's after a worst. week of delay. It's now it's worst. been delayed, but right. give us, we, we are uh, going to today do our official season prediction for all uh, 30 uh, teams. We're going to make our predictions and um, uh, we are in the past we have predicted the results of every baseball season with one. It's like 99, 98% accuracy every year, 98.6, the exact human body temperature. Somehow it's It's amazing amazing. how that works out, but give us, give us right now, just straight up world series prediction. Who, who over who in the world series in 2022, you're going to be disappointed, but as an umpire, all I want I don't care who's in it. Just I don't fair care play. who wins it. I just. <laughs> but want you're not it. an umpire anymore. Now I you're just want, a baseball well, fan. Once an umpire, always an umpire. I, just right. want, I want no controversy. You know, when I watch uh, the postseason, it's not because I mean I love baseball. I love the game, but I see everything through an umpire's eyes, and 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 I just hope that nothing happens that you can immediately blame us <laughs> for something that's going on. <laughs> that's my prediction. No, no, no controversy. Okay, here's what we'll do. Just uh, for the for the next 30 seconds, just make a hundred predictions to just go like Pirates over Royals, <laughs> Reds over Red Sox, whatever. And then what we'll do is later we'll edit this part out, and then when the World Series <laughs> happens, we'll go back and we'll put this back in with the correct team, and then you'll look like a genius. There I'm gonna go. be I'm gonna be photoshopped. Kind of <laughs> yeah, it's an bit. audio yeah. photoshop. Yeah, yeah. Audio photo. Audio chopped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, if you're gonna put me on the spot, I'd probably go with uh, uh, Orioles Pirates. 
There you go. I love this. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. If the Orioles, if the Orioles uh, beat the Pirates in the World Series, you are going to end up I, looking like a true yeah. genius. Well, yeah. I'll have to write another book, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Thank oh, you very dude. much, buddy. This was really fun. This it's was been so a lot fun, of fun. Yo. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Joe.